Johan Oviedo accomplished something that few pitchers can claim. And is the biggest problem with the Pirates with the hitting coach? We discuss on today's Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Pirates. My name is Jeff Carr. I am the Locked On MLB channel manager sitting in for Ethan Smith. Gary Morgan also joins me as we uh, fill in this week for Ethan. He will return next week. The Pirates experienced an amazing day. Uh, They shut out the Kansas City Royals and they used one pitcher to do it. Johan Oviedo was absolutely dominant. Gary dives into just how dominant. And the one thing that you can always look for in a Johan Oviedo start to know that he's going to pitch well. He also dives into some thoughts about why the young bats has struggled so much and why it all points back to Andy Haynes. And then in the final segment, why the Reds are doing things better than the Pirates and why it's really not that hard for the Pirates to just do the same thing that the Reds are doing. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Pirates. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. This podcast brings you Pirates coverage each and every day for 30 minutes, or about 30 minutes there, as Ethan breaks down uh, what is going on with the Buckos. And before we dive into today's episode, wanted to let you know that it is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you could win up to a 100 times payout. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit as well. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, Gary starts off with just the dominant performance that Johan Oviedo put on the field yesterday. Well, hello. Uh, Welcome to Locked on Pirates. As Jeff already told you, I'm your temporary host, Gary Morgan. And today uh, we're going to talk about some some joyous stuff before we get into some pretty dark stuff. We're going to start with last night's contest, which you kind of can't look past. Johan Oviedo, complete game shutout. It's only the 28th complete game this year in baseball. This sport has changed, folks. I mean, (laughs) pitching used to be um, almost just a prideful thing to see how how far into a game you could get. But but now it's such a rarity anymore i think in fact derek shelton after the game last night said this was he vividly remembers the three times in his entire tenure that he's allowed a pitcher to go the distance steven brought mitch keller johan oviedo that's it um so if you wonder why everyone's celebrating a nine inning effort from a pitcher you probably need to look no further than just the absolute rarity it has become. You have your guys like Sandy Alcantara, who's got three of them, but and, and Jordan Lyles somehow, which <laughs> I don't think anybody expected that. But you know, um, 
it's it's something to be heralded. We talked yesterday a lot about the pitching staff and, and the struggles. Um, we also talked about the upside of Johan Oviedo, and this is what's there. This is what he can be. When he starts out a game and you see him placing that two-seam fastball on the outside corner to right-handers, he is going to have a successful night. Everything else he does plays off of that um, successful night. If he wants to have a night like he had last night, well, he needs to have the slider working in tandem, and he did. I mean, he, he was almost unhittable last night. And the first thing I heard um, on social media was people complaining that it was against the Royals, so it didn't really count. And I just think that I put out that 28 number because if, if it was that easy, you know, just facing the Royals or just facing the A's or something along those lines, or hey, honestly, the Pirates for that matter, I mean, we've thrown out a JV lineup half the time this year. If it was that simple to throw complete games, it would happen a lot more often than 28 times in the entirety of a season. So take it for what it's worth. It doesn't really matter who the opponent is. That that was a great performance and a dominant performance. I mean, I, I don't even think anybody got to second base against Oviedo last night. That was such a great great job and uh so wonderful but in the same game you saw the real subject i'm going to go after today which is the hitting approach um most of you have heard me talk about the hitting approach on this show i'm sure you've listened to it on my show or seen me write about it but i think today is a good time to go over it even on a night when they scored five runs it's important to think about how many runs they left on the table and how differently that ball game turns out if they don't get a defensive gem from Brian Hayes to save that game. I honestly think that we could have been looking at a tied game in the seventh. And in that case, they probably don't let Oviedo keep going, probably get into the bullpen. And, while the Pirates scored enough, you just have to wonder how something little like that changes things. When you watch when you watch them struggle at the plate, like Jack Sawinski in particular right now is, I keep hearing calls to send him down to AAA, and I understand that. But Jack Sawinski is not going to learn anything at AAA because he is mastered 100% what they're instructing. That's the real problem. You look at Jack Swinski and you see him as a failure. And I get that because he is not making impact of the baseball anymore. He's walking. He's taking timid swings at things that you would want him to be taking a big cut at and laying off of balls that you would never just let ride by for the third strike, which is a symptom of what they do pretty much across the board here. Jack Sawinski is just the big neon light, basically, of Andy Haynes' system. And it's mostly because he is executing it perfectly. He takes everything. (laughs) It's, It's awful. It's awful to watch. It's bad baseball. 
That said, how can you send him down to get better at something that he's doing exactly what you, how you want? You know, they'll say after the game, uh, oh, well, Jack just needs to be a little more aggressive there and, and, and go after that pitch on the outside part of the plate. Well, that's fine. But that's not what Jack's been being preached all year. Jack has been told to, to keep his bat uh, on his shoulder if, if a pitch is not in his zone. That's what he gets taught. So that's what he does. Sometimes that leads to walks. Sometimes that leads to strikeouts looking. Sometimes it leads to last second flailing to try to reach something that caught him off guard. Either way, he is executing Andy Haynes' system to a T. That's what I want to spend a lot of time talking about today. The Andy Haynes' system, why it doesn't work, why it works in the minor leagues and doesn't work once it gets up here. I want to kind of talk about it from a well-rounded standpoint, and then we'll talk about some of the hitters that have actually risen above and have found a way to succeed even while being preached to by Andy Haynes. Um, Brian Hayes comes to mind, but he's not the only one who has recently been talking to somebody that knows his swing better than anybody else. Um, maybe a trip uh, to, to talk to dad has helped a few of these guys a little bit more than, than we care to mention. Um, either way, change is going to have to come. And I think it really is going to be given no choice by the end of the season. Um, waiting at this point is pretty much just so Derek Shelton doesn't have to do extra paperwork, I would assume. Coming up, why Andy Haynes needs to go and why it's not just Zach Sawinski that he's messing with. That is all coming up here in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you about Sleeper. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Sleeper Picks offers you the ability to win up to 100 times your money on multiple pick contests. Just find your favorite players, find your favorite stats, and click more or less on those stats, and you could build the kind of picks that could win big. And we're talking about hits, strikeouts. We're talking about runs scored, stolen bases, all that great stuff. And you can zero in on some great things like Brian Reynolds, what's he's about to do? Is Key Brian Hayes going to hit a home run, hit more or less on the homers? Are they going to have a great pitching performance yet again? This could happen. So check him out on Sleeper Picks today because they are offering you the ability to win big. Get the picks right and win up to 100 times your money. Check out Sleeper Picks today. It's the number one sports app in the app store. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. That's pretty easy. And whenever you're ready to get your money out, withdrawals are safe and fast. Use the promo code locked on and you'll also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So win 100 times your money up to and Get a $100 match on your first deposit, up to. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. 
And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Pirates your first listen every day. Buckos fans, Gary will continue to break down what's been going on this season, what needs to change, and how it can change on tomorrow's show. Also remember, if you can't be down at the ballpark to watch the Pirates play, you can catch every pitch of the Pirates' hometown broadcast. With SiriusXM, just download the SXM app and search the word Pirates. All right, we, we go into a little, Gary goes into a little bit more detail here about the hitting approach and why it's very clear that Andy Haynes is the problem. All right, uh, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. And uh, let's pick up where we left off. Jack Swinski has struggled at the plate all year. A lot of people are talking about sending him down. I, the number that everyone kind of quotes when they talk about why you don't send Jack Swinski down is is the the home run total, the, the 40 home runs in, in what people consider to be a, a major league season. I think the longer this cold stretch goes on for him, the less and less true that is. And as you really look at at-bats versus plate appearances, because walks don't count as at-bats, you know, it, uh, it's not nearly as impressive as, as it was when he first accomplished it. That's how long, dark, deep this cold streak has been that he's in. It has taken the bloom off his rose com- completely. If Jack Swinski isn't hitting home runs, Jack Swinski isn't contributing. He's walking. He is. If you send him to AAA, he's going to walk. And he's going to take advantage of a lot more really bad pitches. That's just the truth. People in the minor leagues will not paint the corners the way they do in the majors. People in the minor leagues will make more mistakes than people in the majors. It's just true. And he'll victimize them. Because he's not a hitter with no talent. He's a hitter executing a system to perfection, too perfect. Um, Of course, Andy Haynes would tell you he wants him to swing more often. Of course he would. Because they, they look at the video afterwards and they can break down where he should have swung. That's different than standing up there. What you've done is you've created a piece of petrified wood and you're wondering why it's hard. They've made Jack Sawinski the way he is. This is not the, the player that came up here. He was much more free swinging. You remember that. And yes, it led to a lot more strikeouts swinging. It really did. It was frustrating. You don't want that either. But you certainly don't want strikeouts looking to replace them. Because all that does is eliminate the possibility that he actually runs into one every once in a while. But that's what they've created with Jack Sawinski. A guy who is more afraid to strike out than he is to swing the bat. He's He's a learner, though. I wouldn't throw him out. I wouldn't wash my hands of him. Give him proper coaching. I believe that there's something there. I really do. Let's move on to somebody like Nick Gonzalez, because Nick Gonzalez, you know, number one pick, seventh overall, regardless of what you thought of him at the time, um, he was regarded as one of the better college bats out there. I can say, honestly, most people in my circle, and, and myself included, had some questions about the power, because, you know, 
playing in New Mexico, he had an altitude issue there where it felt as though he was probably getting a little bit of help on some of those home runs. So as he's moved through the system here with, with the Pirates, I think you've seen the power is real. It's just not as much as you'd hope. But I will say eight home runs so far at Victory Field here in Indianapolis is a good sign that the power is real. Indianapolis is no joke as far as minor league ballparks. It's very, very true, very major league-like in that way. You're not going to get cheap home runs there. The home runs that he racked up, like, say, in Greensboro, yeah, you you can make some suppositions. 18 home runs in Greensboro especially if you watched them and saw that most of them were off to the right side, which if you know anything about their, their stadium down there, the right side of the outfield is, is short. Um, It tends to inflate those numbers a little bit. So I didn't really think too much of it and it, and it held pretty true. The power just stayed a, a little bit below that average. I think that's probably what he is long term. You want to make sure he's not striking out too much. That's a problem for Nick. He can't hit those those uh, breaking pitches very well. So Andy Haynes to the rescue. Let's get Nick to be more patient. So this year he has walked a ton. <laughs> he has walked a ton. He's walked 46 times in the minor leagues. He struck out 92 times. That ratio is not horrible. That ratio is still based on not being able to hit breaking pitches all that well, and punishing fastballs, and being a little bit more patient. When he came up to the majors, everything that worked in the minor leagues suddenly didn't work. Now in the majors, we've got 31 strikeouts and four walks. Now why is that? It's because of an overriding theme here with Andy Haynes. His system works great in the minor leagues because pitchers aren't as good in the minor leagues. When you get to the majors and you try to do that same thing that got you to the majors in your eyes, you've executed the system that you were taught, you get to the major leagues, you expect everything that you've been working on to translate, right? Well, when when our players get here to the major leagues... They, if they have been successful and executed what Andy Haynes wanted, they come up here prepared to be patient and only swing at pitches in their zone and and take their walks. And then they realize very quickly that in the major leagues, these guys can paint the outside corner when they want to. (laughs) These guys can paint the inside corner and make me very uncomfortable. These guys can bend a slider into the in, in it looks like it's going to hit me in the kneecap and have it circle back over the plate. There's just things that major league pitchers can do that minor league pitchers can't. There's no way for minor leaguers to prepare for that except for the occasional time they see a pitcher who's actually got that kind of stuff. And then when they get to the majors, they're going to see it a lot more. That's what happened to Nick Gonzalez. Um, Nick Gonzalez is still a talent. But Nick Gonzalez is not a guy that you're going to get a lot out of if you try to turn him into a walk machine. Yes, he needs to walk more. Yes, he needs to strike out less. 
But Nick Gonzalez needs to learn how to hit a breaking pitch. That's what they need to focus on with him. He, he doesn't need to learn how to lay off them. He's doing well with that. He doesn't need to learn how to lay off of a fastball. He needs to learn how to hunt fastballs. If he's always going to be a better fastball hitter, he needs to know that when he sees a fastball near the zone, he's got to take a hack at it because he's not going to hit that curveball. That's the problem with Andy Haynes' system. That's why it doesn't translate to the next level. You see success stories. You you should kind of always wonder how this one guy is successful. You look at a guy like Cabrian Hayes. Well, he's kind of been okay all season. June, he was pretty good. Then he got injured. Back problems were preventing him from really turning on balls. Pirates, to their credit, gave him some rest. Jared Triello filled in. Um, he comes back. All of a sudden, he's able to turn his hips the right way, and he's turning on balls. The other thing with Hayes is, you know, he got back with his original hitting coach, his dad. His dad was in town and fine-tuned some things with him, and Cabrian just looks like a different human being. Brian Reynolds has hit much better in the last month or so. Guess who else saw dad? There's a lot of outside help for veterans at some point. Andrew McCutcheon. I don't know that they've formally announced what his issue is, but it looked as though he had an elbow concern um, for a decent amount of the season. And it looks like he's feeling better. Well, all of a sudden, he's swinging the bat. Now, why is he making contact all of a sudden? Why is he not just walking like he was all year long? Well, at some point, a veteran realizes what they're doing. Andrew McCutcheon realizes that batting number three, walks are something he can take if they're given to him, but they're not something he should be hunting. He should be hunting doing damage with the bat. And that's what he's been doing this last two weeks. So at at some point, in order to succeed at the major league level, you have to break free to a degree from the, from what Andy Haynes is preaching you. And, and or you have to find a way to make it work within that system. It's It's, to me, a hampering effort. And it's the number one reason that I truly believe Andy Haynes will be relieved of his duties at the end of this year. Um, Two straight years of offensive futility. To me, Ben Charrington is kind of boxed into a corner here. He either has to admit that his scouting and um, player evaluation and player development system is failing, or he needs to admit that he has made an error in hiring this hitting coach and or the entire hitting philosophy is garbage. And if that's the case, he's going to have to fire some more people than just Andy Haynes. I'm interested to see what they do there because to me, the most interesting thing about Ben Charrington's next steps here is I think he has to admit that he's made some mistakes and move on from them. And not all not all men are capable of that. More than Bob Nutting spending and more than wondering how much Bob Nutting will spend. 
I'm most curious about how willing Ben Charrington is to admit he's made a mistake here and move on. Because organizationally, he's hampering something that he can't afford to hamper. And you can't afford to bring in veterans and teach them to do that either. Even Carlos Santana was sapped of power here because they had him walking so much more than, than swinging the bat. It's, it's another guy that needs to swing to have impact. And at times he would break out and do so. But not everybody's 37 years old with a wealth of experience able to kind of push back and do their own thing. I'm deathly afraid to see them turn O'Neill Cruz into a walk machine next year. The other thing that's going against what Andy Haynes is trying to do with the Pirates is a, a division rival and what the Reds are doing with their young hitters. Uh, Gary details that coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that you can catch every pitch of the Pirates Hometown Broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Pirates. And thanks for checking out Locked On Pirates here today. Make sure that you are following on your favorite podcasting app and that you're subscribed on YouTube and that you've got that bell clicked, to, clicked uh, so that you can get notified whenever there is new Locked On Pirates content for you as we are your Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. All right, uh, I'm... I, my name is Jeff Carr, by the way. I, as I said at the top of the show, I'm Locked On MLB Channel Manager filling in with Gary Morgan for Ethan Smith. Uh, one of the other things that I do is I host the Locked On Reds podcast. And as Gary gets into here in a moment, the Pirates really should be imitating what the Reds have done this season. Jeff's probably going to love this section here because I'm going to talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds. Because they're in the same boat. They brought up a ton of kids this year. And they've had a lot more success with them. At the plate, especially. And why is that? You know, are they are they that much better prospects? Well, in some cases, yeah, they are. Some cases, yes. Ellie De La Cruz is a terrific prospect. So, of course, he's going to be good. Matt McClain is a really good prospect. They, they have some real pieces there. But what's the difference? I mean, I see they're striking out and, you know, they're not walking all that. They're, you know, they're, they're not pulling off great discipline numbers. But the Reds have a different philosophy. When they bring up their rookies, they let them be athletes. They let them just trust what they learned in the minors, come up here and try to apply it. They take the necessary lumps that you're going to take just from facing better competition, but they don't rob them of what makes them them. They don't take away from them the ability to impact the baseball. They don't take away from them the ability to impact the game. They don't rob them of the athleticism that it takes to, to scoot around the bases as fast as they do and push the action and force the issue and allow their youth and energy to take over. Now, we're seeing them start to fall back towards the pack now, and that's because at, at some point that adrenaline does dry up a little bit, and the league does catch on to you, and the league does push back. I think that's expected. But when you first bring up these prospects, if the first thing you do is fill their heads with 
everything that they're doing wrong now, you know, within the first week, you know what they end up looking like? They end up looking like Leaver Piguero, who came up here swinging a hot bat, hitting home runs, trotting around the field, looking like he he belonged every bit. And now he looks confused at the plate. You know what he looks like? A right-handed Jack Sawinski right now. Not sure what he's doing wrong. Not sure what he's doing right. Really just not sure is the theme. There's one thing you have to be in the batter's box, and it's confident. And we're sending hitter after hitter up to that plate with absolutely no confidence in themselves. They're they're standing there waiting for things to happen instead of making things happen. That's the difference. And I don't say any of that to cast Cincinnati's crop of rookies in a bad light. I love where they are as a team. I actually think these two teams are going to, if the Pirates handle things properly, are going to probably be in each other's faces for the rest of the decade. But there's a very different onboarding situation going on there. They have a much easier path for their kids to come up here and succeed. The pirates don't pirates make it difficult. It's a problem. It's not just an Andy Haynes problem, but Andy Haynes is the one implementing it. They've got that problem on the mound as well. We talked about yesterday where they're just filling these kids heads with too much instead of just letting them be athletes. At some point, you have to take the youth and just deal with it and realize that eventually you'll be able to work that out. But you have to see what they are at a baseline before you start tweaking them. What's funny is if you go back in Pirates history long enough, there's a kid named Chad Hermanson that they destroyed almost immediately upon arrival. He was tearing it up in the minor leagues. He was a number one pick. Tearing it up in the minor leagues. Can't miss. MLB top 100. Everybody knew he was going to be the next great thing. The starting center fielder for a decade to come. Everyone was excited about him. He came up. Very first thing the Pirates did is try to tweak the way that he swings a baseball bat. And he never recovered. Never. That's the danger that you run into when you never let a kid taste the success that he has earned. You never let a kid even try to show you what he can do before you start tweaking him. You don't go out seeking problems. You diagnose problems when you see them and address them from there. When you set out to tell somebody that their goal is to be passive, you can't also be upset that they're not aggressive. All right, that's problem number two this week, folks. Next week, or tomorrow, let's start talking about some some more solutions-based stuff because this solution is as simple as firing Andy Haynes, and I believe it will happen. Thanks for watching today's Lockdown and listening to today's Lockdown Pirates. Make sure that you're following the show. That way you get each and every day's episode covering your buckos each and every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every single day.
And we will talk. I will be back, and Gary Morgan will be back tomorrow as we look forward to how the Pirates can continue to improve.